just really reallocating our focus, refocusing everything. Everybody say, I will change my focus. That is what we're focused on in this season, is we're focusing on the kingdom, all right? So we're going to start off talking about worship. And when I think of worship, the thing that I think about is this thing of being undignified, right? We're going to read a story next week about David being undignified before the Lord in his worship and how it seemed super crazy to everybody else, but in his mind, it was the only thing that was even worth doing. And so many times we, we place this importance and this focus on, man, we have to worship and we have to adore God. Like, we, we, we want that. But how many, how many people know it's hard to do things that you don't understand the purpose of, Right? So when I come up here every week or when a leader comes up or when the worship team comes up and they say, everybody, come down to the front, we're going to worship. Or at the end when we say, hey, let's press into worship, let's give time to God. I think that sometimes, I know it was true for me when I was in youth group, there were a lot of things that I looked at and I was like, but why? Like God, already, he already knows my heart. He already knows the, the desires that I, that I think about. He, he knows the things that I need him to do. I pray with him every day. I, I might read my Bible every now and then outside of youth. Like, why do I need to worship? Why, why do I need to, to set time aside or put myself, uh, uh, you know, away from everybody else and focus in and, and worship him? And you might even be in the camp where you don't even know what worship means. Like you hear it all the time, like let's worship, let's come to worship, let's do that. But for a lot of you guys, it's just like worship is the time that you just come up to the front and that's like as far as it goes, it's just music. And so it's really hard to dive into why worship is important and how you can worship undignified without understanding why we worship in the first place. And so I wanna unpack a couple stories, one from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. And we're going to look at how the, these, these men, uh, uh, one is, is Jesus, but, but one is, is a prophet named Isaiah, and how they responded and, and what they talked about when they were, when they were in this place of, of worship or talking about worship. And so, like I said, Isaiah is a man of God, right? He's a prophet. Do we know what that means? What did he do? He, sometimes he tells the future, yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes, most of the time. Who does he speak for? God. He directly speaks for God because in the Old Testament, there were a lot of barriers that, that kept you in between you and, and God the Father. Like it was just so much because God was so holy and we didn't have Jesus yet. And so we were a fallen people. And so God specifically uh, created a purpose to, to speak through human beings on his behalf. So Isaiah was one of these prophets. And we're going to read in Isaiah 6 here. Uh, and we're also going to read in John, and John's the, the fourth gospel, gospel's good news, right? It's the life of Jesus. And we're going to read about the account of Jesus interacting with the Samaritan woman. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So that's just to whet your appetite a little bit. We got some, some scripture to go through, but I think it'll be good. You guys ready? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we get started. Lord, I thank you so much for each and every student that's here. Lord, I thank you for the leaders that have uh, dedicated their time. I pray that, Lord, you would just open up this message, this, this focus that we're placing over these next 
uh, few weeks, Lord, on all of these different kingdom uh, topics, these things of building a kingdom culture. And I pray that it would speak to the students uh, and leaders and parents and families as they start their year to start it off the right way. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would give me the, the strength to actually be able to even project some of these, uh, these words through uh, whatever is going on in my own body. Lord, I thank you. I love you. I thank you for your word, that it is so good. It is so true, and it's something that we can truly build a, a firm foundation on. Lord, I ask that you would just speak over these next few moments to these students right where they're at. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, so it's going to be a little tricky. Okay, uh, it, it, we, we might not have things on the screen. We might not, okay? So, fair warning, got to put your uh, listening ears on. Or if you're a real homie and you brought your Bible, whether it's an actual physical Bible or it's uh, uh, on your phone, I suggest going ahead and uh, getting one of these things, physical Bibles. But actually, the iPhone it sets a thing where you can actually block all your notifications and all of your calls and all of your texts. It, like, as soon as I open my Bible app, it shuts the rest of my phone off. So that's pretty cool. Props to, to them, you know, for doing one good thing, you know, other than ruin everybody else's life. Uh, just being true. Uh, anyway, so this is what it says. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. I'll give you guys a little bit of time to get there. Do you know where it is? He's like... It's in the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament? It's in the Bible. Yeah, that's good. Old Testament. Yeah, I kind of gave you guys a little bit, you know, that you'd be able to, to have a, a Old Testament and New Testament tonight. So I'll let you guys take a little bit of time. If you're there, say there. Isaiah 6. If you're there, say there. If you're not there, say, give me a minute. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, verse, we're going to start 6, verse 1, chapter 6, verse 1. This is what it says. I'm going to flip between my Bible and my, my iPad here. So, it says this. It says, in the year that King Uz, uh, Uziah, yeah? Uzziah. Uzziah, there you go. Come on, Bible points. There you go. See, goes how much my education goes. Anyway, when he died... This is Isaiah speaking. He says, I saw the Lord high and exalted. Everybody say high and exalted. Seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him were seraphim, each with six wings, which uh, with two wings, they covered their faces. And with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying. All right. Now, you want to talk about like biblical angels? That's probably what it looks like. A little freakier than what you would think in like a picture. Anyway, so uh, check this out. So it says, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. That makes sense, huh? Anybody heard that song? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the whole earth is filled of his glory, is full of his glory. And at this sound, their voices, uh, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the temple filled with smoke. So imagine if you replace that word of temple with the church, like right here, like where we're at, if, that's, if that happened here, it'd be a little freaky, wouldn't it? It'd be insane, right? But the, the, I think that there's some good things here in just the, these short few verses of, of Isaiah's encounter 
with, with God. This is, this is his commissioning into being a prophet, right? I think that there's something so cool about this because it shows us how encountering God should go in our life. So if you're asking yourself, why do we worship? The first easy, basic, foundational principle is that we want to encounter God. This is why we worship. We worship to encounter God. You see, the people of God in this time, this is the reason why Isaiah was getting his call as a prophet. They had put their full trust and hope in kings, in men, in people who were just going to mess up and be terrible. They had put all of their trust and hope in them. And what that did is it brought a diminished view of God. When you elevate people, you diminish God. I hope you guys know that. When you elevate people, you diminish God. The Lord wanted Isaiah to speak through him to these spiritually insensitive people. Does that sound a little familiar to today? People being spiritually insensitive. But here's the thing. In Isaiah's vision, because that's what this was, in his vision, he sees the Lord as he is, truly as he is, in his purest form. He sees him as high and exalted, beyond manipulation, and seated on the throne of judgment. He sees him exactly the way that he is, which, if you know, it's a terrifying thing, right? That's why you guys were like, I would be freaking out. And so there's the, the contrast that, that Isaiah placed when he talked about the king who had passed away is he was trying to let people know that they had put their trust and their hope and their faith in somebody who was going to lose control. Whether it was they would make bad decision and kind of go off the rails or simply they would just die because they were men. They were going to lose control one day. And what he was trying to say in this moment as he was writing this vision down was, hey, you need to put your faith and put your hope and put your trust in encountering a God who is beyond all of that. Who's not going to lose control. Who's going to be there time and time again. Who's outside of all of these things. You see, countless times in the Old Testament, we read so many stories where people are called, right? Moses. You have Moses who, who's called, and, and God speaks to him through what? Bible quiz time. A burning bush. And, and he, his only response is to bow down and take off his shoes because he's like, I don't even deserve to be here. In the Old Testament, there were so many times where people would come into direct contact with God, and they would look away, and they would become undone completely. Because when you see God in his purest form, it's just pure holiness. And in the time of the Old Testament, this is why Isaiah responded the way that he did. It was to just crumple and to look away and to, to, because he was faced with all of the things that Isaiah was. Shame, guilt, sin, all, all of this stuff. Here's the cool thing, that now directly, we, we have a direct link through Jesus. That when Jesus died for, for our sins, when he died on the cross, it not only gave us salvation, but it bought us access to the king. It bought us access to God so that now we can experience God and encounter God in a pure, raw, awesome form and not have to worry about the ramifications of what that's going to do to us. About, about oh man, I, I'm, I'm this way. Jesus covered us. So we can step in and not have to have a fearful encounter. Going back to the story of Moses, the people of, of, of Israel, right? The Israelites, 
there was a time where, when God was, was up on a mountain, his presence was, was over, and they go, hey, you go. We don't, we don't want no part of that. Mm-mm, not doing it. But now we don't have to worry about that stuff because we can encounter God. If you're wondering, man, why do we worship? Why do we take time to do this? It's because we want to encounter God. Genuine encounters with the Lord will always uh, uh, allow you to see God for who he is. When you genuinely encounter him, they're going to wreck your entire perception of authority. They're going to wreck your entire perception of power, of control, all of this stuff. Because you're going to be able to see God in in the way that, that he truly is. And that is in control, above it all. And I think that that if you can grab this, that, that the basic principle of why we worship is that we want to encounter God, man, you get to start experiencing some of the stuff we're going to talk about a little later. We worship God so that we can encounter him and place him at the front of our hearts and our minds in every single thing that we do. Let's go ahead and read more of this story because I think that there's some more really cool stuff in, in verses 5 through 8. This is what it says. So now he's experienced all the craziness. We talked about how scary and freaky that would be. This is his response. This is Isaiah. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, ow, for which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins are atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. We worship to encounter God. We also worship so that we can understand our place. Not that worship is all about us. Let me tell you, if you ever think that worship is about you, you got, you've done something wrong, boo-boo. Okay? Let me just tell you. You've done something wrong. Don't make it about you. But when you worship authentically, it does put you at a place where you recognize and understand where you are in relation to God. In the same way that, that Isaiah turns away and he's like, no, man, I, I, don't, I can't look at you. I can't be in the same place. I shouldn't be. You ever been in that place where you're like, um, I shouldn't be here? Like maybe like, like your parents left you somewhere. I don't know. Does that ever happened to you guys? Maybe I'm the only one. You're just like starting to, you're just like, mm, she probably shouldn't be here right now. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. So that's where Isaiah was. You see, what happens is in God's holiness, in that state, in that presence of God's holiness, Isaiah sees himself for what he is, utterly ruined and completely unworthy to be in God's presence on his own. It immediately changes the game, right? Because we like, in our human world, on earth, we like to rank sins. Oh, well, well, if if I cuss, but like if you smoke weed, then... You're way worse than me. <laughs> or, 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 or if, if you know, if, if you done messed up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, man, that's the, like, you're, like, out. Right? We like to rank these things. Why? Because it makes us feel better. 
Because if you don't do any of those things, you're like, well, I must be good then. But then you can get into this thing where, where you start looking at your life and going, I'm actually already good. But what it does is when Isaiah is placed in God's presence, he goes, uh-uh, I, I, I have no part of this. But then there's this amazing thing that happens where he's atoned for. His sins are, are, are forgiven. And what happens immediately after that? They're like, hey, we need a prophet. You going to go? He's like, yeah, I can go because I'm good now. Like, like my sins are atoned for. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm in right standing again. We have to be able to, to understand our place in this thing. Genuine worship restores the order of creation, and it makes it clear that we're not God. Makes it clear that, man, I have no place being God. We bring and we begin to worship him as Lord of our life, not just as Savior, but as Lord, as ruler, as king, as someone who's going to move things and shift things in our life, and we're going to actually listen to him. Hello. We like the Savior part of Jesus. We don't like the Lord part of Jesus. Right? But we, when, we, when we look at this, man, we begin to serve him because we're in right standing. When you understand our place, that's a great thing. Because then it means that you're ready to actually step out and start being his hands and feet. You're actually ready to start being commissioned into the things that God has for you. Look, we're never going to be able to unlock the things God has planned for us if we fail to put him where he belongs. You are never going to be able to unlock the things that God has for you, his plans, his purposes, your calling. You're never going to be able to see that if you don't get this order right. If you live selfishly, it's going to mess your spiritual life up. As long as you serve yourself or you look out for yourself or you care about yourself, you'll only be as good as you are without God. As long as you are, are only me, 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 you're only going to be as good as you are without God. It's important that we understand our place. The entire reason we were separated from God was because of selfishness and restoring an order and going, you know what, I think I could do this thing, like, without you. Adam and Eve thought that they could switch up the order and place themselves above God and look at what happened. We needed Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus again because, listen, in every single aspect of the Old Testament, you see Jesus interwoven throughout. You can always point back to him. So we needed Jesus to come and save us, to restore us back into right standing. And guess what? He did that. But if you don't take, if you, if you take that sacrifice for granted because you're selfish, you're never going to be able to truly give in and, and give up in worship. You'll never be able to encounter him in that way. Don't be selfish. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was talking to me about all this stuff. He, he, he calls a lot. And... He calls me and he's like, every single time, he's like, hey, I got something, I got something, I got something going on, it's this and this. I'm like, man, like, have you read your Bible lately? Oh, nah. Like, have you prayed lately? Nah. And finally, I was talking to him a couple days ago. And I said, man, have you like, he's like, man, nothing's going right. Nothing's going right. I feel like everything that I do, I mess up. 
And I was like, yeah. Yeah, how's your, how's your faith? How, how's, your, how's your walk with God? And he was like, um, to be honest, I gave up on my faith. Like, God's not, I'm just going to look out for myself. I said, okay. Like, guess what? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're not going to get anywhere. Like, you're, you're not going to be able to, to experience freedom, to experience some of the things that God wants you to experience, to be able to, to walk away from some of the junk in your life if you don't put God where he belongs. You're always going to be like, man, nothing's going right. Of course, because we mess things up. We mess things up all the time. If you leave me to my own devices, I'm going to screw it up every time. Macy can tell, tell you all kinds of stories. I need her help for almost everything. It's insane. But listen, we have to be able to, to understand our place, not so that we make worship about us, but so that we really understand how truly, uh, uh, how truly amazing it is that we even get to worship in the first place. So if you're asking yourself, man, why do we worship? Encounter God and to understand your place. I want to read in, in John chapter 4, verse 19 through 26. This is the story of the Samaritan woman, right? Jesus is, is going around, he's talking. John is really cool because he actually wants to talk about Jesus and all the works and all the things that he did. Like there are seven signs, uh, eight signs, I think, that, that he does or that he, he accounts for and, and writes about. And this is what it says, John chapter 4, verse 19 says, sir, the woman said, right, the Samaritan woman, and he's already called, hold on, before I, get, before I get in here, he's already called a bunch of stuff out, right? Like stuff that nobody should know. And she's come up to him, like, like and she's like, hey, you know, uh, are you getting water here too? They're at the well, all this stuff. And he's like, hey, yeah, actually, like you have like five husbands, and the man that you're living with now ain't either one of them. And, he, and she's like, you don't even know my name, sir. Like, hold on. How are you telling me all of this stuff? And so she, he, he's just beginning to, to talk with her about things. And this is where it gets into worship. Here, here's what it says. It says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews, because the Jews and Samaritans did not like each other. So our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And Jesus says this, woman, which ain't. Nothing. Don't don't read into that, right? Jesus was rude. He's calling everybody woman and man and all this. No, he wasn't. He says, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews, right? He was saying, hey, I'm salvation. I'm Jesus. I'm Jewish. So just so you know. Uh, Yet a time is coming and has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Everybody say, in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. If you're wondering to yourself, man, why do we worship? It's that we can express ourselves and we can express our adoration to God, not just experience it. 
Because a lot of us, we love the experience of worship. Especially now. Y'all, I still think of youth conventions from when I was a kid. Like, straight up. Those were great experiences. Right? But it's the, it's, it's the expressions that I've shown that have actually built the foundation of my life. It's when I express myself in worship that I begin to actually grow roots in things. Experiences are great. Expressions are better. The Samaritans, they only had the first five books of the Bible, so they didn't even know about God's revelation. So they didn't know him. And what Jesus was telling the Samaritan woman is that the place of worship was not the issue, but the attitude that we have was the issue. It wasn't going to be the place anymore. It was going to be the attitude. It was going to be our heart in worship. Authentic worship comes from the heart and the relationship that we have with Jesus. Without this, it's just like a really cool show every single week. Any theater kids? Come on. Where you at? Don't be shy. I'm a theater kid too. Come on now. I love it. Choir kids, anything like that? Come on. Yeah. It is so cool. There is an aspect of church that is so cool that we get to come and, and I get to tinker with lights and I get to tinker with sound and I get to do all the cool stuff. Right? But if you only, if your heart isn't in the, the right place when you come in for youth or you come in for, for Sunday service or you come in for small groups or Wherever, if your heart's not in the right spot, if it's not in a place to worship, you're not ready to express that, this is only going to be a guitar and a drum kit and lights and big screens and all that stuff. It's all it will be. It's just sing-along karaoke and a fancy light show. Or if you're, you know, uh, an A-plus student in youth, you listen to worship music at your house, good on you, pat yourself on the back. Hold on. Because if your heart still isn't in the right place and you're listening to music on your own and you think that you're better, hello, sorry, I'm just gonna talk to you guys for a minute. If you think that you're better because you listen to worship music all the time on Spotify but you still don't express worship, you're just listening to music. And guess what, worship music is getting really, really good especially youth bands, like they're awesome, right? Phenomena is a song that you can listen to just jamming out to and running. You don't have to worship. So don't let yourself think that, oh man, well, I'm just, I'm just already ready to go. I'm listening to worship. Mm-mm. You got, you have to have your heart in the right spot. Don't just experience this stuff. Express your worship. Express yourself in worship. True worshipers recognize that it is what Jesus is doing in them and not what's being led from a stage, and that's why they worship. Man, Jesus has done, man, if you only knew what Jesus did, that's why I'm going to jump and dance and scream and go crazy and go wild. Not because the band is really cool. Because let me tell you, when Ben Perry sings Graves into Gardens on a Sunday morning, come on, man. And if you don't come on Sunday, you got to come on a Sunday just to hear him sing. (laughs) He's dope. Uh, But it's because we want to express our love and our adoration for Jesus. And guess what? These guys on the stage, that's what they do. They don't do it just to be cool. Because otherwise you're just at a coffee shop listening to music. If the only times you get excited about worship is when you come to church or 
Maybe you don't even get excited here, but you only get excited at camp or convention because, oh, we have River Valley or we have SEU. Hmm, gotta watch it. That's why I love our worship team so much. Worship team, if you're on the worship, even if you're not on tonight, but you're like on the worship team, can I just tell you how much I love you guys? And we all love you too. Come on, give it up. Give it up for the worship team, come on. Do you know why I love our worship team? One, it's mostly student-led, especially our vocalists, right? Which is, which is super cool. I talked to so many youth pastors. They're like, I just want a worship band, but I want it to be my students. I'm like, got it. You know. But when we also talk about worship, I've also seen youth-led worship bands where they're all just trying to see how they can go to SEU or Hillsong or Radiant College or whatever, you know, like, they're just trying to audition, you know, I'm just going to practice for when I get. The reason why I love our worship team so much is because if you watch anybody on our worship team, hello, anybody on our worship team, I'm going to say it one more time, anybody on our worship team, if you watch anybody, they worship the same way down here as they do up there. All of you guys. You worship the same way down here as you do there. And that is what makes our worship truly special. That's why I love you guys. God is not interested in the best crowd rushes or the guys who can crowd surf. Hate to break it. Where's Arden Nebuchadnezzar when I need to see him, huh? <laughs> he wants the expression of worship from our hearts. If tonight you have no clue, speaking of the worship team, you guys can go ahead and get ready. Thank you, guys. Ah, I remembered. See, when you talk about the worship team, I just got to make a note. Talk about the worship team, and then you'll be reminded to invite them up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. But here's the thing. There's a, as, as these guys get, get ready, focus up, focus up. We're wrapping up. If you've ever wondered to yourself, man, why am I worshiping? Why am I doing this? So that we can have an encounter with God. So that we can understand our place. And so that we can express ourselves in worship. There's an older worship song that I love, and it's actually coming back into the rotation, which is so super cool. So all my youth leaders, you know, you know it. But this is what it says. It says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for this thing that I've made it when it's all about you. If you've ever wondered why we do what we do when we come to church, if you've ever wondered why we do what we do when we go to camp or when we go to convention or when we do all of the awesome things that we do, if you've ever wondered, man, what is this all for? Why we sing, why we dance, why we pray, why we scream, why we rap, why we jump, why we go crazy. It's because this, it's because we love Jesus. That's why. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to give you a cheat code, especially if you're a church kid. 
you can fool us. You can fool us 100%. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not above that. You can come here every single week. You can sing all the songs. You can lead worship. You can do all of the things that make it seem like, man, I'm just in. But, but if you fool people, just know this. You can't fool God. You can fool all of us, but you're not gonna be able to fool God. You can't fake God out. He's not impressed with who's the most hype, who has the most talent, who's the most available. Guys, all he wants is us for uh, us to genuinely worship him and praise him and put him where he belongs. It's our entire purpose. It's our entire creation is why we're here. This is why we worship. So tonight with every head bowed and every eye closed, Tonight, if you, if you would just be, which I, I know most of you guys, and you guys are rock stars, so. And I mean that. If I don't say I love you guys enough, I love you guys. I'm going to start saying it more this year. But tonight, if you would say, you know what? I, I, I misstepped somewhere. <laughs> and... Um, and I've mistaken worship, right? I started off really good. I started off like burning hot, like I'm ready to go. But now I'm like, eh, why am I doing this? Maybe you've gotten to a spot where you're, you're faking it. Tonight, if you would just be so honest to say, somewhere I misstepped, I, I'm not, I don't wanna bash you. God loves you. We love you. You're not mistaken. You are not like, hear that. But tonight, if you would say, just be honest and say, Josh, I've, I've misstepped somewhere in my life with when it comes to worship. I, I haven't been placing him where I need to. I've been faking it. I've been doing this. We could be whatever. If that, if that is you, if you say, man, I've misstepped somewhere. Just be so honest. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you. Tonight, if you would just be so honest to say, you know what? I never really got this thing to begin with. I never really understood, but I'm ready to start now. I'm ready to step into fully worshiping, genuinely worshiping, authentically worshiping in the way that God created me. I wanna step into that and I wanna make a dedication and a declaration that that's what I'm gonna do. If, if that's you, would you raise your hand? I'm gonna step into this. Thank you. Come on. Lord, I thank you for each and every student that's here. Lord, I pray that over these next few weeks as we begin to dissect and, and craft what it is to live in, a, a, in the kingdom of God, to, to have a kingdom culture. Lord, I ask that you would just that you would just begin to, to speak to the things that we need to deal with.
And Lord, for those who, who are, are genuine worshipers and, and authentically living this out and they look at their life and they're like, there's really, in this area, there's really nothing there. And I thank you for that. I pray that you would just begin to speak and encourage them to be bold in leading the charge. Lord, I just ask and I pray for each and every person here, for, for those who have misstepped and, and took worship for granted or, 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 or not really understood it. Lord, I pray that tonight over this next time of worship that we get to do, that it would be maybe the first time that they are genuinely stepping into your presence because I believe that when we step into your presence, you are so excited to meet us where we're at and let us know all of the things that you want for us. In the same way that Isaiah was in this place of worship with the, with the seraphim and, and he was just so scared and, and in awe at the same time of what was happening. It was there that his purpose was, was brought out. I pray that you would do that in the same way for these students. Lord, I pray that we would be able to understand what it is you're actually calling us to, that we would strip away every single thing that, that is production or talent, and we would just begin to worship you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you still speak to us in amazing ways, direct ways, convicting ways. Lord, ways that we're able to to change for the better. You're changing us for the better. But I pray over this time that we would just really go after you. And I pray that it would just set the tone for what it is that you're wanting to do this year. We love you. We thank you. We give you all of the praise, all of the honor, all of the glory. It's in Jesus' name that everybody said.